0: Welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. <laughs> My name is on
1: the moon. Hello, fellow earthlings. What's your name? My, oh, it's Brendan Bigley. My name is Stephen Hilger. Uh, I was just laughing. We we made this right before, but we always say it's a low-key podcast, and it, it gets less and less low-key as time goes on. <laughs> it's proven by your like Disney World's uh attraction voice,
0: hello, do you want to hear more about Fire Emblem Three Houses? You're in Oh, no, oh, I didn't even think about that. This is now our like
1: 85th hour of Fire Emblem Three Houses. We have almost recorded as much time as the game takes, you know. I was thinking about that. Um. Yes, uh, for those who follow us and for those uh, who follow games, you know that I think last week, the DLC for Three Houses came out. Now, it's worth noting, um, this is part of the expansion pack, so like I think on launch, uh, you could buy the expansion pack that was going to be waves of DLC throughout the course of the year, so no one really knew the exact details, and they were kind of vague even in the description of buying the expansion pack, but... So far, it's ranged between like, you can wear rugby outfits now, Mm -hmm. uh, you can drink tea with Hanuman now, uh, (laughs) you know, to like actual additional uh, stuff. I think the last big update was you can... Recruit the death knight in the crimson flower route, which is very cool. And he has his own supports and stuff Um, Yeah,
0: the the only one that anyone knew was that there was going to be some kind of big like story expansion That was gonna happen at some point but like exactly nobody knew when that was coming or what it was gonna be Um, And then it was slated for April and then they pushed it back to February or like they moved the release date up to February So it's coming out sooner than anybody expected because I was talking to some people at work recently Who were like I had no idea that it was out already. I was waiting. until April um so it was still listed bizarre. as
1: april like the day before it came out oh. i was confused Weird. yeah so yeah but anyways the last wave of, of this expansion pack and, and and now that we're saying that i feel like they will probably do another like i feel like this game has been so successful and like mm. the community is still very much alive for it that like i could see them doing more but if they don't that's also totally fine because there's a lot there's a lot here and yeah. there's so much in the this <laughs> as evidenced by our our, our catalog of episodes about it, there's so much in the core game alone that's worth seeing. Yeah. Um so this was announced like somewhat recently there was a trailer for it. Uh the name of this wave of DLC is the Cindered Shadows. Yeah. They announced um, it during the Pokemon direct,
0: didn't they? Oh no, it was during the, the Smash Direct where they, they showed off Bylith. Yeah, um, yeah. But then they yeah. they were like, Oh yeah, and also there's DLC coming. And then there was like a separate trailer that went out just on their Twitter account later <laughs> that was like a a full ass trailer showing off yeah. that this was the story DLC that was it coming was like, out. Like they didn't announce it. During the direct, it was
1: so bizarre. There was like a whole new cutscene of Byleth, like in the mess hall. You're like, someone in the distance is like, Have you heard there's a secret house in the basement? That sounds gross it was um, it was so
0: strange. like the way that they rolled this out is so strange and i i still think like people don't know what it is or how to access it it's yeah, like actually, it's been so confusing
1: so before we get into what it is and how we're enjoying it i will i will just quickly say what it is and how you can access it um, yeah. i even i even felt compelled to tweet this cuz even in our discord and you know this is a very active fire emblem channel and people were like so do i have to start a new run like what's the deal um yeah so here's how it works. I actually like the way it... I like the way they did it, but it's a little bit confusing to parse like how it works. So, yes. Uh, also worth noting, you can't, unfortunately, buy the DLC separately. You have to get it all in one expansion pack. But I think the whole thing is like less than $30. It's like 25 Um So, you know... Yeah, uh, judge that accordingly. But like, there's a lot there. Like, there's a lot going on with with that purchase. Yeah, it's um, super worth including it. this. So, so basically, if you bought the expansion pack, it downloads automatically when you update the game. And anytime you're in the main menu, there's like pop-up announcements that say like, "Oh, there's new stuff." And sometimes it's kind of cryptic. Like for the Death Knight, it's like a new friend is available in the Crimson Flower route. I'm like mm-hmm. this is dumb. Mess with me, game. Um, <laughs> uh, so. Now it says, like, a side story is unlockable. So in the main menu where it say like, new game, continue, there's a menu item that says side story. And when you click on that, uh, you're prompted to create a new byleth so you can name them, choose their gender. And uh, then it, it launches you, like, in its own save file. There's a whole list of save files just for the side story. And in that side story, you play through this kind of one-off standalone. I've read eight hour ish, um, campaign. Yeah. I've heard that, four to
0: eight hours, which I can't imagine this taking four hours, but <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. very difficult, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into that.
1: We'll get into that, but it is very hard, but basically you as Byleth, it, it takes place in part one. So it's worth noting that it's you, the three party leads, uh, Hilda, Ash and Linhart and the four new characters. And the story is basically all about, or mostly about, these new characters who uh we'll get into what their deal is but once you've started a save file in the side story when you go back to the main menu it says like hey now you can explore that new setting and recruit all these characters and uh have access to all these new classes in the main story So in short, it has a side story like standalone campaign with its own save data that does it. It's also kind of streamlined where like you don't have the the monastery stuff where you're like teaching them and upgrading skills. Everyone is stuck to one class and you just worry about inventory and level, which honestly, for the way that that side story is structured, I think works. I think because it's, it's its own little isolated thing. I think that streamlining it that way makes sense. I'm a big Um,
0: fan of that just specifically because, like, I'm coming back to this game after I don't even know how many months since I last played it. And it was really nice to not have to worry about everything all at once, you know, like to not just get thrown right back into the deep end, um, especially because it's so difficult. I'm just really glad they structured it that way.
1: It's also kind of fun, I think, for for anyone who hasn't played multiple houses, it can kind of show you cool ways to class characters and and combinations. Like, I'll get into it, but Hilda, Ash, and Linhart in one team, like, really makes my day it's so good yeah it's um, really good. But yeah, so that's that's basically how it works i think you also have to finish the side story to have all the content available in the main story because like i thought that was the case right away but then i got to i'm in chapter three of it right now i think we both are there and when i went back to the main menu it's like you can unlock constants in the main story i'm like oh. oh so i had to beat it to get everyone <sighs> yeah <sighs> fine but so that also might not
0: even be true. I don't even know. Like, maybe I think that's the case, because that's what the pop-up said. But the first pop-up said I can get everyone. Yeah, so I don't know what's so happening.
1: That's a little confusing, but in short, isolated side story with its own save file, and they're throwing all this stuff in the mix. Whether or not it's available right away, if you have to beat it first, that's yeah. how it works. So hopefully that clears it up. So I guess we can just dive into the side story now and how we're enjoying it. Um, so yeah. it, uh, it starts off... <laughs> <laughs> it starts off with uh, similar to part one, kind of a beautiful like animated mural of like Fodlin and Lore, and yeah. you hear a new. It's not Gerald anymore. I think it's the voice actor who plays Yuri, who is the I leader think so too, yeah. of uh, of the Ashen Wolves, the secret fourth house. But I I had a little bit. I think I was like <laughs> not fully present when it, I just got it like right when it came out, and and that cutscene basically says that like, they were four apostles of Saint Saros that tried to do this ritual of rebirth, but it, it failed and the four apostles were kind of banished. That's sort of what I gathered. Yes. <laughs> and a not so subtle parallel between the four Ashen Wolves and the four apostles, but so that's kind of set. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so that that's sort of the intro mural scene. And then it cuts to uh, Raya and Aloise <laughs> in like possibly my favorite scene of the game, just throwing like, water balloons of lore at, at the viewer. Just like, yeah. <laughs> Alois is like, hello, Raya. Have you heard of the basement full of Ashen Wolves? <laughs> and Raya's like, oh, yes, I do think there's a basement full of Ashen Wolves. Yes, yes, maybe. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. Um, It's like fine, but it, it, if it, it's, it's fun. And like, I will say right off the bat, the whole vibe of the story feels a little bit like fan fiction yes in a fun way though but it it doesn't it doesn't match up to the writing of the of the core campaign like really at all other than when (laughs) the main roster shows up and it's kind of like a breath of fresh air honestly yes um which which we'll get into but i do think even though the writing is a little hokier and kind of corny i do think that it's a testament to the strength of the world and the characters that like I'm greatly enjoying just spending more time with them.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, me too. And and there's some, like, really wonderful fan servicey stuff that happens between, like, the three house leaders and things like that. Yes, um, yes. In, in the, like, in-between sections when you're running around in the abyss. But, like, even just the central conceit of there is a secret fourth house in the basement and there's also a whole city down there of people who, like, can't live in Fodland for some reason or another uh, is is the most fan y shit, like, of all time. <laughs> it is wild that this is the DLC also um, I think yeah. someone
1: in the discord joked that the most unbelievable part of it is that Edelgard is going down to this like basement city without Hubert like he's yeah, so no. not there <laughs> and because we were I doing want...
0: our we were doing like uh, fan castings of who who our three house companions would be because yeah everybody has Linhart Hilda and Ash but I was like oh, I wish I could have like picked someone else Um, and I think Hubert would have been one of my choices because I would love to see <laughs> how Hubert deals with being in like a, a dank basement. Basement under the monastery
1: it's really fascinating because like it really if you finish the game you probably have very mixed feelings on the church already yes and this just really adds like a whole other layer to how fucked up the church is yeah um the fact that there's like a parasite adjacent scenario happening in the basement (laughs) you know um but uh, so you you basically are like out with the three leads and it's part one, which I think it'll, I imagine it will probably stay in part one because I can't imagine like the focus really is on the four and like the leads are kind of like there's some fun banter between them, but they're not really in the focus. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's chapter two of part one. Oh, OK. So yeah, so it's, it's like real,
0: really, really early, real
1: early days, um, which which makes sense. Um, but like you're out with Edelgard, Dimitri and Claude and you're like, oh, this is weird spooky it's like very scooby-doo almost you're just like hanging out with the house leaders <laughs> yes. and you're like huh what's that eerie basement and then dimitri's like part one asked dimitri is like oh well maybe it would be sufficient if we called additional troops to help us and you can say yeah. yes or no but I think no matter what happens hilda ash and and uh linhart show up and like in my head i just heard a studio audience go like Woo-hoo, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, did somebody call me and yeah. like just shows up <laughs> and like the three of them just like go so well together uh yeah they so. have
0: great great attitude cause Linhart immediately tries he's like well I think what does he say I, th- I think he's like it seems like something's about to happen I'm gonna go back to bed <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's one point, too, where he's like, we've been walking for a while. Has it been three years? Yeah, <laughs> it's and they're like, like it's, been at le- it's been maybe an hour, Linhart. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's really fun. And, like, there's some fun stuff, too, between Dimitri and Edelgard, where he's like, yes. oh, has your hair always been that color? And she's like, uh, <laughs> nice talking to you. Um, <laughs> and Claude, Claude says a lot of stuff. Like, he's like, it wouldn't take much for the three of us to go in an all-out war together.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, he just keeps bringing up the fact that, like, They're absolutely, like, it's almost just like a joke for the viewer who has finished at least one run of that game.
1: Claude is, like, winking at the audience this whole DLC. Like, there's another part where he's like, how many secrets does Raya have? (laughs) 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 Seriously. It's also kind of funny, too, because, like, if... Let's, and I'm really not like a stickler for rules at all. Like I really, I can get swept up in my suspension of disbelief pretty easily. But if this were to happen in part one, this would change the arc of, this might prevent the war. If those three leads found out (laughs) that the church was forcing people to live in a basement where they're constantly under attack. Yes. I think what would happen, I think is everyone would just join Edelgard's rebellion and you would have like a unified front against the church. Yeah, probably. But so you meet the the Ashen Wolves. What first happens is you go in this basement, and uh, <laughs> they show up, and they're all kind of like, despite the grim circumstances, they're all kind of like goofy and like yes. sort of don't care anymore. So they all show up. Uh, we meet. I think we meet Balthus first. Mm-hmm. Yuri and Balthus. Uh, Yuri is the leader. He's kind of like, <laughs> my <laughs> make of this what you will. My first thought. Was he is the Dash Remdar to Claude's Han Solo, She's it's like, <laughs> <laughs> which like if you want my lunch money, just take it. But he's like, if Claude like didn't have the more heroic side, I think like if you're like went fully rogue, that's yeah. kind of Yuri's vibe. Yeah,
0: those two get along really well, which I love.
1: Yeah, they have fun. They have fun banter, and they I like immediately kind of, hit it off.
0: Also, Yuri has all of Lin, not Linhart. Um. Oh, shit. All of Lorenz's animations. So, like, oh, does he? Yeah, they're all exactly the same. Like He's always standing exactly as Lorenz stands, <laughs> which I think is really great, honestly. It re- like Initially, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So you just like use those animations for <laughs> this new character. But it honestly kind of works. I- I'm into it. Yeah.
1: And Yuri's ca- class is a trickster, which honestly, I think, is my favorite new class. It's yeah. really interesting. Tricksters use swords and... <laughs> I'm sorry. My vibe this episode is like still bring eight strategy guys to class, but I I'm I'm into it. I'm still reeling from the dash Rendar to Claude Hansel. I'm not even that big of a star Wars fan, but that was like my first thought. Uh, anyway, Tricksters use swords and white magic. They have really high evasion and they have this combat art where they can switch places with like anyone in the map, which is really helpful. Yes. Because like, especially on the crew, there are two other characters which we'll get to that are like kind of like Lysithia esque glass cannons, mm-hmm. where they can do a lot of really high magic damage, but they're like kind of sitting ducks if they're in a danger area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yuri like switching places with them is really really helpful and like i think just adds a layer to the game that you might not appreciate at first like the sort of placement and like thinking about where everyone is like a huge part of the game yeah. especially given the difficulty of this uh of this side story um so you meet yuri uh balthus who is like i guess a goth Raphael is i was just about bo- to say yeah. he, he's <laughs>
0: Raphael without any of the earnestness at all <laughs>
1: He's like Raphael, and it's revealed pretty early on that Balthus knows Hilda and Claude. Yes, um, he was friends with Hilda's brother, who's like a big deal in the alliance. Right, but he's like hiding underground because he just has so much debt and and loan sharks after him. Yeah, that like he literally just has to like literally keep a low profile. Right, which again has the kind of the parasite esque setting of this of this thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, not to spoil parasite it's a great movie go see it but uh yeah so balthus is hanging out uh and and then there's happy h-a-p-i yeah which i i remember
0: seeing her name spelled out in one of the tweets from nintendo like before it came out and being like there's no way that's pronounced happy but (laughs) it it really is yeah
1: (laughs) she is like I think I put in my notes. I think people called Marianne emo queen, but I think Happy might be like a contestant, honestly.
0: Oh no, no, Constance is the emo queen. Oh, true,
1: true, true. Well Happy is sort of just like kinda has Hilda's disinterest, but is a little bit more nihilistic. Yeah. Um and when she sighs monster show up. <laughs> I forgot
0: about that. <laughs>
1: All the kids are like, you better not make Happy sigh. Oh Otherwise, monsters show up. Happy and Balthus are easily my favorite. Is that um, why she's underground, do you think? Maybe. We don't really I don't at this point in the game, I don't know her deal yet. It's been revealed that Balthus has ties to the Alliance, but is like kind of hiding from a lot of debt and, and shame. Uh we don't know Yuri's deal yet, but I think he was trying to dig up dirt on Claude. And Constance was revealed to once have been in a prominent house in the empire. Yes, but like that house had their status or vote and she's because they did some. Uh,
0: from what I can understand, that house did some like really gross shit during the war. Some like yeah. real like genocidal maniac shit.
1: Yeah, and Edelgard's like is like trying to be polite about. It. She's like, yeah, your house like really kind of sucked, honestly. <laughs> yeah,
0: like um, even for
1: us, the Nazis, yeah. <laughs> your
0: house is fucked. <laughs>
1: I have to say, as a dictator, I am appalled. <laughs> um, so yeah, Constance is trying to find like a relic underground to like win her. Constance is like really hard to to like I'm not sure what to think of her, honestly. She at first she like speaks kind of Shakespearean and like wants to revoke her or regain her house's status, but then when you go on the surface, she gets like really emo in the sunlight. Yeah. And like I I, that, di- that moment didn't really land for me. I'm like, I'm not sure what to even like, make of this. It was yeah. just very Her bizarre. Her whole
0: personality changes if she's in the sun, which is why yeah. she lives underground
1: pretty much and, and that that just like kind of undid the like i need to regain my house's lost status I'm like oh you just like get upset when you're you have like inverse seasonal affective disorder yeah uh yeah wow yeah good point which like no no shade on that like i i get that in the winter for sure i'm just an inverse constant, so all my friends call me uh <laughs> and then uh yeah so it's constance happy you read both so far like they all have really interesting classes uh Constance is a dark flyer. So she's like a Pegasus rider that can use magic, which I honestly love. really good. Yeah. And like,
0: I kind of wish I had that on my first playthrough. Honestly, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, happy is a Valkyrie kind of like if Lysithia was on a horse basically is yes. what I'm <laughs> also really good and Balthus is a war monk who is a brawler but he can also heal and do like Hadouken blasts uh from a range yeah so, I
0: was so surprised the first time I realized I could make Balthus heal people like yeah, really yeah. changed the entire way I was playing that
1: and I think they can all rally in some way uh which is kind of interesting yeah so like they're really cool classes i I think I'm most excited just to see who I want to make what like in a main playthrough yeah um, but uh but yeah i I have to say like the characters themselves like I'm excited to throw them into the mix and I'm excited to see what their supports are but so far in their story like I'm not I'm not like super into them what I'm really enjoying is like I really i I do enjoy Balthus and happy and Yuri and moments but I'm enjoying this like Spending more time with the house leads, and I'm hoping that the house leads get a little bit more stuff together. I imagine they will, because um, I think it's just it's just fun to see them in new scenarios. Like, yeah. I'm just enjoying this as like, like a weird Christmas special Scooby Doo adventure with like characters I really like. You yeah, know? yeah, especially um,
0: knowing what's going to happen to them, it's nice to see them all hanging out.
1: Yeah, and I think I think adding this to the main story is like going to be really cool. Like I'm, ex- I, I probably won't recruit all of them, but like having one of them and the only route I have left to do is the church. Out. so i think it'll be interesting to do that story with these characters who have been like banished by the church and see yeah. how that plays out yeah so. i
0: almost i almost want to do um i almost want to do golden deer again just because i want to see balthus and Raphael hanging out <laughs> i just want to see their supports personally yeah are um, you
1: hungry uh, when balthus wins he goes it's good to be king yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, um but
0: I'll probably do I'll probably do blue lions, honestly, when I'm done with oh this. Oh my
1: god, I can't wait. Yeah, that'll be another I think favorite. I
0: will recruit all of them because why not? Like I just am yeah, curious yeah. to see. What
1: happens there? True. Uh, who is your who is your favorite of the four so far?
0: Um, I mean, probably Balthus because he's just so fucking ridiculous. But I, yeah. I am interested to learn more about Yuri personally. Um, yeah. Happy to me is kind of the like outside of the sighing and and uh, attracting monsters that way. Um, I'm I haven't seen too much of her character that I'm interested in yet. But Constance, I am also like just floored by like and anytime Constance <laughs> speaks, I'm just because even the way she speaks is so like Shakespearean and poetic like. Yeah. You can tell that she's, like, trying so hard to, like, keep a, a firm hold on that nobility she used
1: to have. And I'm hoping the story go because I feel like so far all the characters have been, like, wronged either by the church or by one of the three nations. Yeah and i'm curious to see like how that all plays out and like what i really want to see, even though the story so far has been like kind of hit and miss i want to see how it ends like i really want to see like what happens
0: yeah me too um, yeah we haven't even talked about like just how difficult or, or oh why this is so difficult i mean we've mentioned we've alluded yeah. to its difficulty but the the thing is like um, even from the first battle it's like almost immediately kind of difficult when you when you first meet uh, the, the four ash and wolves, like it's already a little bit hard. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I just fun, had a moment like... where Claude died within my first move um, oh, wow. just because just I I didn't move him. I was like, oh, I don't need to move Claude yet. And then somebody just came up and then shot him with a bow and he died immediately. It's like, oh, my yeah. God, I really need to remember how to play this game. Um, yeah. So like that, that was kind of just a, a shot across the bow right in the beginning. I'm playing on normal and in casual. So nobody's actually dying. But immediately after that the second battle that you do is just like a gauntlet of enemies it's like waves yeah Yeah. it's a completely open battlefield essentially it's just a big square really but every time you go to one of the corners of the square and wipe out all of the uh, bandits that they throw at you another corner of that square will just spawn a bunch of enemies and it just keeps happening over and over again yeah and every time you think you're done they just throw more at you and even the characters who are left are just like oh my god when does this end
1: yeah yeah it's it's a it's a fun map though. I, I would say so I'm playing on hard and I I played through uh the three main campaigns on hard. And I played I've started a maddening Blue Lions run which has been very I, oh my Once God. I get farther in that I'll I'll talk about that. But that uh maddening is is tough but I'm also been enjoying it. But I'm only on the second map. Like I'm literally on the map where you're just fighting thieves and I'm still like yeah, still struggling with it. But anyway, I would say like this The first map feels like a part two map on hard, like a early part two, Mm -hmm. because even on hard, I I would say like the part one of the game is like pretty forgiving. Like you really do gradually learn it. And, And there have been reviews of people saying that the game has been too easy. I don't agree. I think maybe on normal for someone who is like, I think it depends on what you're looking for from the series. And I think that I've played Conquest on hard, which is like, it is literally every map. If you move the wrong square, you lose somebody like it's rough. Yeah. Every map on conquest has taken me more than an hour. And I and I thought that that was enjoyable, but at, at a certain point became obtuse where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what to do <laughs> like, <laughs> or if I should have done something before, but I didn't. Yeah. Um. So I felt like with three houses, I felt like hard was the perfect level of challenge. Like it was forgiving, but engaging for the whole game. And then didn't really get to conquest levels until like the final three minutes maps but at Mm -hmm. that point i was so emotionally invested that it became like thrilling right um and these maps feel that way they feel really exciting like the first map is is the ashen wolves are like hey you should fight us just for fun like we're so bored being down here because the church (laughs) won't let us go upstairs like let's let's just have a fight club and have fun don't make me sigh otherwise demons show up um (laughs) so uh you have a kerfuffle with the wolves and like 18 mercenaries which i guess is you know a friendly fight and the second fight is like I said the waves but like the map's really interesting and you learn pretty quickly both by fighting them and by playing as them that the that the wolves are very powerful they're really good units yes the thing that makes it hard too is that usually in the main game if you're playing on classic you can lose units I'm playing on or if you're playing on casual you can lose units but you still lose the match if you lose the player or any of the four wolves right and even doubly so on on classic where you lose units no matter what like I could progress the story. I might even just buckle up and do that and like okay like if I lose Claude I can't use him anymore but he's not dead in the story and I'm doing this just to get to the end so I might just cut my losses but Mm. I feel like even still I can't afford to lose anyone because I'm using every move possible yeah to get to the end so yeah you don't want to have like an into the breach situation where (laughs) right right. where you lost
0: someone you know three maps ago and that's actually the reason that you're not going to be able to progress anymore
1: I'm really digging Fortress Knight Edelgard though she rules like I love like she's like a really good tank i didn't i classed her as a wyvern rider when i played crimson flower mm. but fortress knight edelgard great paladin dimitri she, she is a up. fortress
0: knight at the end of the golden deer run um, yeah so i had already seen her like as a fortress yeah. knight and <laughs> now you know it, your so,
1: limits yeah yeah um she yeah she gets like all the three house leads eventually get like a custom classic version of that so yeah her like aries fortress knight empress yeah. outfit is really good it's amazing um but yeah it's <laughs> I'm just enjoying it. I I can see, I've seen some kind of divisive reviews of it and I think like there are things to criticize. Like I think the story is like absolutely hokey and not on par with the main one at all. And, And the combat could be frustrating for people that maybe gravitated more to the social part of the game. So I would say like you're probably best off playing this on normal just to like you know, it will still be challenging. You'll get the thrill of the battles, but you'll be able to, like, get to the end and possibly be able to unlock everything for the main story. Right. I almost regret starting on hard, but I'm just going to see it through. The third map is getting to the point where I'm, like, a little bit frustrated. That's so exactly map, where I'm at. That, that's, yeah. So
0: that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I find that the social aspect of this also is kind of lacking. You know, so sure. like I'm, I'm not really getting that aspect of it because there are no supports that you're building in in this. Um, they have the support menu like available, but you can't actually build supports, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, so outside of that, it's like, OK, so what are the battles like And the battles are really engaging and difficult and like on one level that is really fun. But I'm also stuck on the third map now where I have died twice trying to get through it. And I just like every time I sit down to play a video game now, I'm just like, "Eh, do I really want to go try this battle a third time? Like, I don't really feel like it. So it's like almost difficult to the point of turning me off, which is kind of a bummer because I do want to finish it so I can get everyone unlocked so I can go and do the blue lions run. Cause like, I've been waiting to go do a second run of this game for this DLC to come out so I can see whatever they were going to add. So it's kind of a bummer that like, I don't feel like I'm actually capable of getting there at the moment um i'm sure i'll do it eventually but like yeah right now this, it just feels like an impossibility and that kind of sucks
1: yeah i think i think they probably took the re- this game is too easy reviews to heart they're like oh yeah here's this because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big this bug map, you <laughs> like <laughs> angel mechs just keep summoning until you get to the opposite end of the map to turn a key which is where they're the- summoning they're so su- yeah the, these these giant monster
0: mech things with three health bars keep spawning exactly where you need to go. So it's not even like you can just head up there and kind of like avoid things. There's no way to do that.
1: Yeah. I My best bet has been sending Claude to like the far end, but if you go to the wrong one, more enemies show up. You have to go to the bottom right one. Oh my God. Uh, but even still like on the way there, a bunch of like swordsmen just spawn. So it's like, it feels a little bit like, okay, you're just throwing everything you have. at me. Yeah. Like I don't feel the stakes I did of like a part two battle. where like, you know, yes, I, the, the map I would compare map three to is like end game blue lions stuff, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like at that point, I'm like, there's like operatic versions of the theme song playing. I'm like, yeah. it is all like all bets are off this. Everything is built to this one moment and here. I'm like, okay there are four new characters that like I, I kind of care about and, and it's worth noting like even though there' are no supports they're gonna have supports in the main story which I'm very excited to see yeah me too but yeah it feels like this map just feels a little bit obnoxious and overall I, I honestly I'm really enjoying it I'm enjoying I'm enjoying just the spectacle of it and I, I I almost appreciate how it's a little campier but like yeah map three is testing my patience a little bit and I hope that I hope that if it stays as difficult it's at least in a more like oh I learned from my mistake I'm gonna rewind the clock because this just feels like I don't even know what to do differently sometimes yeah that's how I felt
0: the second time I I died like the the first time I died was like okay I I got very reckless I got very cocky like of course I died and then the second time I was like okay I'm gonna really really focus on this and I I just remember it took me literally the entirety of my commute to make it to the point where I died a second time like I have a two-hour commute and I sat there on the train for like you know, an hour and a half and then moved to the subway and was on that for like a half an hour. i just like yeah. this, like to do, to spend my entire morning playing this because I wanted to talk about it on the show and I wanted to finish it before we talked about it on the show specifically. Like that was my goal. It was like, oh, I finally have enough time to be able to do this. Yeah. Um, to go through that entire process twice and lose a second time was like, I don't, I don't even know what I can do differently. I just don't think I have what it takes to do this.
1: <laughs> it's just the good news is that bummer. at the very least, because there's no, like you can't reclass or upgrade skills. Like it really just is like you using the unit. So at least there's yeah. that sense of comfort. Um, right. It's like, sure- I,
0: at least I haven't classed all these people incorrectly or yeah. at least I haven't like fucked up what uh what battalions are supposed to have because you can only replenish battalions you can't hire new ones
1: Yeah yeah so you know I, I think we'll get through it but um I, I would still if if you play the core game it's probably worth getting this if only to add stuff to the main story. And I think we'll probably talk about it again once God, once we, uh, <laughs> once we have seen how that plays out. Um, Cause you can also go down to the abyss. And one of the new features that's like in the main game is there's a fortune teller who I think is who you could spend renown to set people up in the epilogue. So there's a way to like, Oh good. Directly manipulate who ends up together in the end, which is very fun. That's really, uh, that's really funny. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, Oh, it looks like a lot of effort was put into it, but it's just a little bit, uh, there's not enough... The, the new characters are not enticing enough for me to like feel emotionally committed I just feel like I have to
0: yeah uh the way I to, feel about yeah. this DLC is how I thought I was gonna feel about three houses if that makes sense <laughs> okay, like yeah, like yeah, going yeah. into it thinking like I'm gonna start playing this I I, I am just like giving into the fire emblem hype because everyone around me is excited about it and then I'll start playing it and be like eh, I don't know if this is for me like that's how I feel about this and it's just a bummer that that's attached to three houses a thing that I like am over the moon in love with you know yeah
1: yeah yeah i i think this is not this dlc is not like it really is a side story i see it as like a a tangent of the main experience yeah. i don't think it's adding anything especially interesting which is a shame because i think there it i do hope they do more dlc because there are things that are alluded to in the game that I would like to see more of. Yes. I think retconning a basement like wasn't probably the best or most <laughs> interesting thing to do. Uh-huh. Um, Especially because you spend so much time in the basements of Garrig Mock already in the main yeah, story. Right. So like that was kind of silly, but like whatever. But, like, I would love a DLC about, like, where Petra is from, like, Bridget, something there, yes. or Almira There's so much with Almira Yeah, with Claude, there's there's so much know?
0: allusion to other countries around Fodlan. Like, it's yeah. bizarre that you don't spend any time there.
1: And I get that that would probably be, like, a lot to have, like, a... But, you know, I mean, honestly, like, a standalone quest of just, like, Claude, what Claude's up to in Almira after a certain route would mm-hmm. be awesome. That would be great. Yeah. I, I don't want to sit here and, and, and be like, here's what I would have done, but... Um, now that we're talking about, it, I'm like, this was a weird move. <laughs> this was to be like, okay, there's secretly a basement, but there is some fun stuff. So there's a there's a caretaker who is like, ask you like, hey, could you like teach the Ashen Wolves? We're like a house, quote unquote, but really just like hanging out by a chalkboard in the sewers. Yes, <laughs> and like sighing and summoning demons. Like, but these kids need your guidance. Yes, uh, probably more than anyone in the in the place. But that character, that caretaker also knows about your parents he knows about gerald yeah and your mom because he's been teaching
0: at the school for so long that he he knows about them both i think that's the first time you get a name for your mom also
1: yeah yeah what was her name i don't remember that sucks that we both forgot yeah. but it, it it's cool to hear a little bit more about that uh and i'm hoping that there's more like little lore sprinkled throughout this yeah um because it, do, it does feel like they 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 have in mind like what you liked about the core game and there's enough like i think the star of it is spending more time with the three leads together. That that to me is what I'm enjoying more than the new characters. Yeah. Honestly. Um
0: Agreed. And and again, just to like put a bow on I think my complaints about this. I am more excited to go back into the main campaign and have the Abyss and all of the Ashen Wolves unlocked than I am to be playing the actual side story. Like, I think incorporating those characters and the Abyss into the main campaign is actually going to be really great. Um, And I think that's going to add a lot to the the main story. I just am bummed out that I have to go through these extremely difficult battles to get there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I wish there was a way to just get it all at once. But (laughs) I'm just like... I just can't wait to see how the Ashen Wolves who think they're tough and cool react to post-time skip Dimitri's vibe. <laughs> like you think you're nihilistic, you haven't met part two Dimitri, yeah. my friend. Happy uh, and constance. Buckle up. Um <laughs> Yeah. That's that gets me excited. I think adding any new faces to the mix, because I think even in the core game, you know, when you start that game uh and you meet your class the first time, you you can see, okay, everyone has their archetype, everyone has like their joke or thing but mm-hmm. then it becomes so much deeper as you get to know them they all like they all have an arc yeah uh which is amazing not all of them have good arcs like not in quality but like they don't all get better but they all change right. and they all like grow in some direction uh so i'm curious to see like if the ashen wolves have like a time to like aesthetic change if they have those like because there's enough i mean I think you're right to be like, what's Yuri's deal? Like, there's a lot he's not sharing, like Claude. Yes. Um, and I think that anyone who has ended up in a place that has been na- had named itself the Abyss yeah. has a story to tell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm excited to see, and I think like I think that it's cool that they all have like it looks like Yuri has ties to the church, uh, Both has his ties to. The alliance, Constance with uh the Empire, I imagine happy has something with the Blue Lions if they want to complete that. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's I'm still into it. I just think I think we both have like, you know, it, it's not gonna like heighten the experience, it's just more of it in a kind of a silly package.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I think I just am gonna stuff, have a
1: hard time recommending
0: this to some people that I know love the like social element of three houses, you know?
1: Like, yeah, yeah, un- unfortunately
0: sure. to get more of the thing you want, you have to go through the thing you don't like, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's like, Oh cool. You want to play animal crossing new horizons, beat the final boss of Sekiro. and you get ground <laughs> <real island. laughs>
0: Yeah, exa- exactly. Unlock, that, that is what it feels like.
1: If yes. you want to unlock Tom Nook's water park, you have to beat the Guardian Ape in its second form where there are two of them. Right, uh, And then, <laughs> you know, you have a neighbor named Happy who sighs in Monster Show.
0: And another Guardian Ape
1: shows up. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah, running at you with no head. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's basically all I have in Sin and Shadows. I am, I am really enjoying it. Like, I do want to say that, but... I think, yeah, we, we've, we we've aired our, our slight grievances with it. Yeah. Um, I
0: am like you though, interested to see if there's going to be more coming or if they're going to like cap it off here. Cause I could see a situation in which instead of doing another DLC pack, they're like, you know what? We should just, I think, continue this momentum and just go right into making a sequel. Like I could see a three houses, two, a four houses or a six I guess, houses. I just guess
1: I wonder like. Because if they did a sequel, it's like, okay. Well, then which ending is canon? Because the strength of it is like how mm. it ends is really up to you. Yeah, I think there's probably a way to do it. Uh, I mean, they could just say like, "Oh, I guess Crimson Flower was canon. Sorry." Yeah. Uh,
0: or they could pull your save file, you know, and oh, do something dude. like that.
1: If they pull a Mass Effect with Three Houses and it's just like a long ass like that would be amazing. Yeah. But I think I think this. Of all the Fire Emblems, this has like the love for it and the community behind it to like do more in this world. I think. So too. I think. I think that you could do like even if it's not as like many branching paths. I think there's a way to follow up on this story. Uh, and and these characters are just so strong that like even just even just throwing like the three leads Ash Linhart and and. Uh, hilda into this like someone's fan fiction is still really great yeah it's like still a <laughs> you know? charming experience somehow like it's just funny to hear hilda and claude commenting on being in someone's fan fiction like <laughs> she's like i think i found the key it's so good. <laughs> it just makes me it just makes me love the main characters even more because i'm like wow they really like it's like when you see someone in like a high school play and like there's like clearly the kids that are going to be actors and then there's everyone else and yeah you're like okay like this is ma- this is almost ruining the production because you're so good yes that I my brain doesn't know what to think yeah
0: it's like my <laughs> common complaint about cats where it's like it's upsetting when somebody in cats is good
1: Cindered shadows the Jellical choice <laughs> part one yeah yeah a, a, a cautious recommendation I think like if you're like us just so in love with this game and you want to see. It, and it's full, like, everything they've added to it in one place, like, it's probably worth picking up. Yeah, um, it absolutely is, because, I mean, yeah.
0: even, like, re- regardless of how you feel about Cindered Shadows, it's worth picking up the expansion pack, just because you're getting all of the extra stuff that's come out over the past couple of months anyway. So you're getting, yeah. like, extra places to, like, have social experiences with the class. You ha- get, like, weird rugby outfits,
1: as you mentioned before. <laughs> that's my favorite. I love that.
0: Uh, you, can, you can take Hanuman and Raya out to tea. Like, there's so much, like, ridiculous shit that they've added that's like yeah it's worth picking up just for that stuff alone and then on top of that you get this side story that is like probably worth doing
1: yeah i i feel like i could see it paying off in the end i feel like the writing of the core game is so good that unless they just completely change teams i could see this having some kind of payoff for sure yeah it already has made the world like you know i mean even though it's kind of silly to wreck on this like it does add a whole other layer to the church. It kind of gives more fodder for Edelgard's whole thing. Um, it sure like, does, yeah. So, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I think, I think it's a testament to the game that we're playing this and still want more. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check it out if you're as big of a fan. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It's good to be king. It is good to be king. I can't believe he says that. He has like Elvis lamb chop sideburns too. Mutton I always say lamb chop sideburns, which is not a thing. It's mutton chops. Lamb chop sideburns. I did, that didn't even occur to me. <laughs> Although actually, because he doesn't have the full thing. They are kind of lamb chops. <laughs> he also isn't he, wearing a shirt. He's wearing chains instead of a shirt. Also, instead of spiked gauntlets, he just has two puppets of lamb chop as his <laughs> <weapon>. <laughs> kind of right. weird it's a new class let's move on to something more normal <laughs> yeah sounds good see you there goodbye bye um i almost forgot aj you could put this in the break if you think it's worth <laughs> highlighting but in cindered shadows <laughs> for a game that has like really great voice acting across the board and i think for the most part the new characters are, are really well performed as well the people living in the abyss is such a trip oh my like, god we didn't like, even talk about the abyss keeper the abyss keeper, who's like a weird reflection of the gatekeeper, who's yes. like, "I've got something to report. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you something to report." But then, like all the kids, all the kids are like, "Hi, I'm a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do this? Uh, Either just hire a kid or don't even like it. It literally sounds like." like Steve Buscemi going all out on the like hi I'm, I'm just a young person like you yeah it um, is wild it's <laughs> it's unbelievable I literally like gasped for the first time they're like don't make happy upset I don't want to show some monsters <laughs> um, it's like literally not too far off oh, hey, kid your voice Keeper. is terrible to the <laughs> abyss with you <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That's why they're all like in the canon of the universe. All the characters that either didn't make the cut or weren't <laughs> well performed. <laughs> were <to> Reyes <laughs> right, like I realize I live in a fictional world, so I sent the fiction that wasn't good to the abyss. <laughs> Whenever I write a new draft, I'm imagining that all old drafts are sent to the abyss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh
0: my god! I ju- I want yeah. What is the what is the like? Most innocuous reason one of those people is living in the abyss, I wonder.
1: <laughs> I gave Leone the wrong item five times! And she said, someone lost this to the abyss with you. Yeah. <laughs> I invited Edelgard to tea and brought up bone marrow three times and they sent me to the abyss. I gave
0: Table 14 two plates of mozzarella sticks instead of one. <laughs> and my boss sent me
1: to the abyss. I tried to eat cottage cheese and a grapefruit with Felix. It kicked my ass and I'm in the abyss. <laughs> you think you got it bad? <laughs> There's no kitchen down here. This is the fortune teller and kids that sound like adults. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll shake a crystal ball too. When am I getting out of here? Oh, Results fuck. are unclear. <laughs> and you're constantly under attack by like way like mo- there are more people trying to fight the abyss than like in Edelgard's <laughs> army on like the fortress of Arian Road. Ugh, oh, it's a it's so a nightmare. Funny. It's really. <laughs> What if, like, at the end, Lorenz just wakes up screaming? <laughs> <and that's her laughs> ah! Oh, Claude, I had the most royal dream. You were in it, of course. <laughs> Good lord. We're literally writing fan fiction. <laughs> I think this is how you end up in the abyss. <laughs> is you write too much fan fiction? We should make a separate Fire Emblem podcast just called Into the Abyss. Oh, Jesus. i be our... Yeah. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. I mean who are you talking to? it's good to be king alright I just wanted to bring up how silly the abyss is I think we covered it I, I, I think we sure did yeah I think we can move on
0: okay well out of see the break you. and into that. the
1: fire <laughs> <laughs> see you in hell is tired but we're still alluding to it every time well into the fire and brimstone <laughs> can't wait to see my past mistakes on loop while I'm spoon fed cottage cheese <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. all right. Please, out. Goodbye. <laughs> Brendan, I'm so excited for this segment because it's something we talked about last week, and I want you, I want to follow your lead here because sure. I'm actually very pleasantly surprised that, that this landed for you as strongly as it did for me. I kind
0: of can't believe that it did. So uh, we're talking yeah. about
1: Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. A Realm Reborn, or Heavensward, or Shadowbringers, whatever you feel like calling it these days. Uh, but either way, it's Final Fantasy 14. You brought it up last week. Uh, you talked about it. I just remember listening to all of this information, and at a certain point during the segment, my whole brain just turned off, and I was like, I want to play this game, I think. <laughs> and you just kept telling me things about it, but I was still stuck like way back in like, yeah, that sounds good. I think I'm going to yeah. I think I'm going to download it. And, and while you, you were talking about it, I opened up the app on my phone and like checked to make sure I had it downloaded already, and I already did. It was already on my PS4. I just yeah. haven't played it yet. So I had the same problem you did, where I had to like figure out how to log on, and it required like going to TD Bank, but they were closed because they say yeah. they're America's most convenient sp- uh, most convenient bank, but that yeah, really but doesn't mean shit. It means they close mean at like three p.m. They, yeah, they still they still only close one hour later than everybody else, but it's still like outside of business hours for some reason. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I finally logged in and I started playing it. Um, And made a character, like, almost immediately, who was the cover art for last week's episode, by the way. (laughs) Uh, His name is Craig Armstrong. He's just, he's like... (laughs) He has a big buff blue body. He's just like the biggest guy I could make. Uh, and he's always blushing. And he just is, he's just very cute. He's big and cute. He's a silent protagonist. He's a great guy. Yeah. Big fan of Craig. Uh, yeah. He just punches people. I listened
1: people. to you while you were making him because we were in a party, but we weren't playing together yet because we couldn't figure it out. Right. And I just heard you keep going, oh my God. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I just, you weren't giving me anything visually, but you're just like, yes, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> It was like it was literally listening to Doctor Frankenstein, like discovering <laughs> life, yeah, making life. Um, so I started, I started playing
0: as Crag. I I ended up in, I think, a different starting area than you were in. I was in like this big kind of desert city, yeah, Ulda. Um, Ulda. yeah. Uh, and and I started, I started playing there as a, a pugilist, which is just like you just punch a people, boxer. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You just like punch and kick a lot. Apparently, you turn into like a monk eventually, is which is, is very cool. Yeah. Um, which was like fun. It was good. It was a good time. And I, I, enjoyed what I was doing, uh, like pretty significantly, like almost immediately. I was like, this is actually a better MMO, I think than any that I've played before, which yeah. like before my, um, my, my God quest to find a JRPG. I liked my quest has always been, I really want to find an MMO that I like. And I just kind of settled on destiny being that thing, even though it's not really an MMO. It was like kind of close enough. Like it kind of had it's all the, the elements same, of like, I wanted. the same like
1: realm, I feel like. You know? Yeah.
0: a um, oh, Realm Reborn. There it is. Sorry. Uh, No, it's okay. I forgive you. But anyway, I I started playing it and I was like really into it. You and I kind of just had an experience where like you and I were in a party on PS4, uh, just like playing separately, but together in a way. Um, yeah. And I just like had a really good time. It was actually really helpful to have you online to just kind of like walk me through the things that were awful about it. Because there are some <laughs> yes. things in those opening hours that are
1: like legitimately <laughs> terrible. It almost feels like your PS4 downloaded malware and you're just given like eight pop-ups that are like, here's how to talk to people. You don't need to tell me this, but tell me how to navigate the menu, yes. which they secretly are doing, but you won't know because you don't know how to navigate the menu yet.
0: Right. Yeah, there's some like really bizarre shit where like some of the buttons on the controller bring up certain pieces of the menu, but also if at any point you accidentally like graze your thumb across the touchpad, it'll like just kind of halt everything and then it's a mouse cursor and suddenly you're like using a mouse and keyboard. It's really strange. Um but once, but you...
1: once you know oh I'm sorry, it yes. say the same thing. Yes, once exactly. you know it, it actually is very well made. It's really, really intuitive. It's wild yeah you just need someone to be like okay i'm gonna directly tell you what shit means yes because like it's just a lot you're you're simultaneously learning how to navigate the menu as well if you're in ulda or the uh pirate city trying to figure out (laughs) the map is objectively bad so that's never going to improve yeah and so those cities are very beautiful very cool but they're like eight different stairways going up and down and you're like trying to learn how to navigate the menus while also trying to learn how to navigate these big cities is like if someone was like, learn flute while doing your taxes. Right. I could do both things. And once I do, it will be great. And I will be better off for being a flautist and doing my own taxes. (laughs) But I can't. It's too much at once. Yeah,
0: it really is. It feels like so much. And I just remember (coughs) thinking in my like first hour of playing the game and running around Uldah, I was like, I'm excited to eventually know my way around the city, but I don't know how long that's going to take. And then I got like maybe six or seven hours in and I was still like running to the wrong place every time I needed to. Yes. Go somewhere like okay i don't i don't think <clears throat> i'm gonna get this and it didn't help that we're also in the middle of the, the, the valentine's day event
1: <laughs> 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 which is the, like it's happy or, valentine's day yeah, will you be my valentine it's a Mwah. week and a half Mwah. long Valentine's Day event. Um, yeah, just- so there's like eight buff rabbit dudes just like dancing with tambourines while you're like, "Where do I go to hand in my ostrich meat?" Yeah, and everyone's <laughs> like, "Will you be? Will you be my valentine?" And
0: every time you run through the area, it, the music immediately changes to this like kind of jam.
1: It's like na 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 yeah. It's what? It reminds me of like a me plaza. Yes, like a, it does feel okay. like a me plaza. Yeah. But um, the thing
0: was was like ending up in the <laughs> Valentine's Day event in Ulda always meant that I was running to the wrong spot. Like it was kind of like my harbinger of doom. Yeah, like, it's like oh, i like spent if so much s-
1: time running in the wrong direction that I ended up back at Valentine's Day. It's as if you started in New York City and it's always the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. And you're like, <laughs> yes. where do I go? Yes. How do I get to Chelsea? Um... <laughs> yeah i mean like yeah there's a valentine's. we need a name by the end of the week but it can't be valentine's but it has to mean the same thing i don't know a genius said from the back yes <laughs> that's it you're hired write the lancer's Guild quest line okay <laughs> anyway so I I played that,
0: I think until like level 11, like 10 or 11. Um, But I remember talking to you and, and you had mentioned, I think in the last episode and also when we were playing together, that you had also started in a different city at one point and then made a second character in Gridania, which is one of the three cities that you can start in, uh, and you just, like, found it way more enjoyable. Um, Yeah, I found it
1: much more parsable to get around.
0: So while I was making my first character, I was like, okay, so I have this idea for a big big buff blue body named named Craig Armstrong that I just, like, really need to, like, get out of my head. I need to, like, make him real. But I also had another idea that you and I had talked about for a character (laughs) named Johnny Anime. (laughs)
1: i love johnny so much that
0: i really wanted to make so i was like you know what let me let me try out this other starting area just like very quickly and just like see if it really is kind of like immediately better so i I started a very tall elf man who is a lancer named johnny anime who starts in gradania which is like this beautiful like elven forest city yeah um and like immediately clicked like immediately um and also it's very it's it's worth mentioning that like starting this game and and going through that whole process of like, I don't even understand how menus work. I don't understand how the map works. Like, I don't know how to talk to people, turn in quests. Like, what the fuck is happening? Um, that really extends the amount of time it takes you to level up. And yeah. knowing all of that stuff, immediately going into a second character was just like incredible. It was a great experience. So like in the course of a couple hours, I had already caught up to where Craig Armstrong was with Johnny yeah. Anime. So I'm like, I've now surpassed where Craig is with the second character. And I'm just having like, a significantly better time um gridania like i I watched this one uh youtube video that was talking about just like how to start playing this game and like the recommendations and one of the main ones was like don't choose a class based on where you're gonna start i say fuck that because gridania (laughs) is so much better the story is even better you're hitting all the same beats for the most part right um and i don't want to say what any of them are because they are bonkers and you just need to experience them for yourself um, yeah. But doing that in the environment of Gridania and, and the surrounding forests just feels more welcoming and it feels more like the Final Fantasy take on like what a classic MMO I think is trying to do in, in the opening yeah. hours.
1: It feels like a starting... It feels like where a Final Fantasy would actually begin. Yes, like almost exactly. like Kokiri Forest, like, you know, hometown. Yeah. Whereas Ulda and the Pirate City feel like towns you end up going to, which is what happens. Yes, uh, eventually right. at a point you, you unlock an airship and then you go to one of the other two towns to, like, do more quests there. Right. Um, which is really... It's, like, actually exciting. And that's... Even though, like, the story in the beginning is, like, you know, it's just sort of there... Um, what's really picking up for me is the fact that like they have written a narrative behind being an MMO. Like there are people yes. whose job it is to just stand behind a desk and hand out quests. And like, I'm at a point where the person who does that in Gradania is like, she's like, people are talking about you all the time. And I'm just so proud that like, I am your NPC quest giver. Yeah, it's really uh, great.
0: Because when you start out, she's just like, oh, uh, hey, what's up? You're Just another adventure. Yeah. All
1: right, cool. Like, I don't know, go kill a squirrel. Outside, I yeah, go I guess. kill some ladybugs, yeah. Um, but by the end, like when I first got on the airship, the whole town like waved at me, and it honestly got <laughs> to me. I'm like, I feel like I one got to know this setting very gradually, yeah, and two, I actually, it kind of oddly enough, on a very different level, and and you know, again, writing is what it is, but. <laughs> I got the same thrill that I get from Death Stranding where I'm like, I feel like I actually helped someone, you know, like there's something oddly, even though a lot of the quests are like, go here, kill X of this, find X of this. Like I find the environment so thrilling and I find like the game really, like a lot of people say like, oh, it gets really good once you get the Shadowbringers, but you have to put in like X hours to get there. But what they don't say is that it it gradually gets better and better and I'm already enjoying it. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's not like you're going to do all the pre, so the the first uh, big expansion was called Heavensward and a lot of people say that Heaven's Word is where it like starts to get good and then after that I think there's another one in between there and Shadowbringers and then you have Shadowbringers and Shadowbringers is like maybe the best Final Fantasy story of all time yeah but each of those expansions is the size of a full-ass Final Fantasy game which <laughs> right, is wild right. but yeah I, I think it, it is definitely like worth highlighting that it starts off pretty great already yeah. like even though i'm skipping a lot of the dialogue and just like going around right. and doing fetch quests most of the time it just evokes that feeling of final fantasy like the things that i like about final fantasy because like you were kind of always destined to like this i think on a certain <laughs> level but even yeah, me yeah. who's like had kind of a touch and go experience with this franchise like this is the one i think that i've now put the most time into weirdly yeah. Um, yeah. and i i can only see that amount of time increasing because I am so sucked into the world and I love having made my own character and like I just feel such a such a sense of place that I haven't really in the other games and
1: that's I think I think that too especially for being an MMO where like there's kind of the in joke of like oh you know we're all the chosen one but the game knows that like the, yeah. the story is like you have these dreams of, of this crystal that talks to you and there's, like, dozens of other, like, rays of light who are other characters, like, circling around them. Mm-hmm. So the idea that, like, the game is aware that, like, other people are there makes also makes you feel like I'm not just, like, wow, I always felt a little bit vacant at a certain point. Um, I did enjoy my time playing that back in high school, but, like, you know, I, I eventually felt like I, I didn't have a place in the world, even though I wanted to. Yes. And this game has, like... I'm level 20 now, and I just got to the point where I'm able to do, like, group dungeons, which is really fun. You know, you get mm-hmm. assigned a party of five, and you crawl through these really beautiful... Like, I I did... it And all the quest names, I have to say, are very funny. The one I just got is called It Must Be Pirates. That was the <laughs> name of it. And, you know, I we just went through this, like, pirate's den and then fought a big, like, fish guy at the end. It was amazing. It was so much fun. Yeah. And, like... I think this is the kind of game, and I said this last week, but this is the kind of game that I feel like I'll always kind of have on in the background. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think it, you know, right now I'm playing it a lot. I could see that fading I, I'm probably going to start a subscription and then like turn it on and off as I play. Um, yeah, I definitely am. Yeah. But I want to see it through. Like I want to put in the time to get to Shadowbringers. I'm already like enjoying it more and more. And I think it's, it's a really nice game. It, this game fills a unique space that other games don't for me, where this is something that you and I can play together that you can play with friends really easily. It's so fun to play with other people. Cause it's kind of like, I don't want to say background noise, but it has this ambiance to it that I find really, really, Relaxing. Yeah. Especially right now in like the heart of winter and like kind of in, you know, I imagine this is a stressful era of time for a lot of people. Uh, life inherently is stressful. This is a game that really, at least for me, like really calms me down. It really just like puts me in a nice headspace to like actually be in a better place to maybe jump to something like a Three Houses or like Smash Brothers, Mm -hmm. you know? I I have friends from from home, give me a shout out, uh, Andy, Dom, and Ryan. We have a group text where we play Smash Brothers and and they're always down to fight. They're very good. And sometimes that can be kind of stressful. Like I, I always want to, but I have to be in the right headspace to be like, Okay, let me go get my ass kicked, you know. This is <laughs> right, a right, game right. that like puts me in the headspace to do other things, whether that's a play kicked. game yeah. to get my <laughs> <laughs> this is a game that puts me in headspace to do either a more in, engage, not engaging but a more involved game like yeah. energy wise or to before I like work on you know drawing or, or, or anything I'm working on after work like it's a really nice like segue into something else yeah it feels
0: um, very similar to me um, as as Dragon Quest XI S mm-hmm. Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for Nintendo <laughs> Switch like they, they <laughs> occupy a very similar space to me um, where that game is you know it's the Tor art and it's like very kind of cartoony and just like almost uh, wildly in your face about how generic the story is and like loves that about itself you know that it's like kind of hard to not Fall in love with it, uh, but it it is also very relaxing in a like go here kill this thing watch a cutscene go here kill this thing watch a cutscene kind of experience. Yeah, um, Final Fantasy 14 kind of does the same thing, but it's a little bit more realistic and it's a little bit more like cheeky about the fact that it's an MMO, which I really love. Uh, but also it we get to play it together, self-aware. you know, and and it just feels yeah. like a really good before bed kind of game. That's exactly what I did last night. I like I like played it for like an hour or two, and then I was like, oh okay, I think I'm good, yeah. and then I just like went right to bed, and it was so nice.
1: It's a great wind down. It, it, but at the same time, it can also be the main event. Like, it could also yes. be like, okay,
0: let's all do this group thing together. It yeah, like, you and I woke up early this morning do. before we started recording. We played for, like, an hour or two before we started yeah. this episode. Uh, and we basically
1: just danced, laughed evilly, and took a bunch of screenshots <laughs> posing together. <laughs> yep. We found someone. I wish you took a screenshot of this. We found some. So, like, Johnny Anime is, like... Words can't even describe his vibe. He's so good. (laughs) He is about eight feet tall, has later hosen where it's highlighting just his six pack. Mm -hmm. And he has like very tastefully faint uh, face paint that gives him kind of this like (laughs) very like Victoria's Secret glare to his like, like he has bags under his eyes that like work. in like, yeah, it's high high fashion. It's
0: like, it's like America's Next Top Model (laughs) fashion vibes. Like Johnny Anime
1: knows he's really hot. You know, <laughs> my character, Zoe Bahama is also very cool. I kind of wanted to make I'm like, if I'm going to commit to this game all these hours, I want to play as someone who like I would want in my party in the Final Fantasy game. Yes. Like as much as I love my weird cat jellical choice, I don't know if I could put in the hundreds of hours <laughs> with. I mean, knowing me, probably uh, there are like these like kind of uh, they look like Kaji, but they worked out every day of their life. Yes. But Zoe, Zoe Bahama and Johnny made together make like a very good, like almost gorillas esque vibe to them. Oh I yeah, feel totally. Like. Uh, and we found someone else who was like <laughs> in a Valentine's day, like high fashion Santa dress on a Segway that was on fire. Yeah. just like hands on hips. I'm like, what is this band? I would follow them anyway. <laughs> this is great. Can I be your roadie please? Yeah. <laughs> so like all the, all that stuff was destined to work for me. But if there wasn't a game underneath that, I, I don't know if I would have stuck around and I'm, I'm just having a better and better time. I would say, like, for those interested, I think it's definitely worth just getting the free version to try it out. Yes, um, you do have some restrictions, like you can't, which we keep initiate. bumping into
0: as we're playing together. Yeah. also.
1: but I learned now that uh, as long as you're in the same data center, which I think for the for North America there are three data centers, I think, by region. Yes. Um, and, like, you know, East Coast, West Coast, and Midwest. Uh, we're both on Aether, yeah. which is, like, meant to be. Literally, actually called Aether, A-E-T-H-E-R. Yeah, and there's no um, way we're
0: switching, so sorry. In
1: advance. <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool is that if you're on the same data center, you even if you're in different worlds, which are servers, um, you can hop into them pretty easily. So, like, I'm on Gilgamesh, you're on Genova, I just hopped right to your server and we were able to play together pretty easily. Yeah. You can also pay to permanently transfer characters, but like that doesn't seem worth it to me, given like that we just did it so seamlessly. Yeah. But I would say like if you have the free version, play to like give it to like level ten. I feel like like right where you are, I feel like that's when the game starts to really. That was pick when up. I
0: made the decision. Was like yeah. playing as Crag at level ten, I was already like, I think this is probably going to be a game that i end up buying um and then i switched and and made the johnny anime character and now i'm like oh yeah this is definitely going to happen
1: and depending on your starting city and how you parse the menus i would say level 10 is like probably like two to four hours you know like it's really not too long i'm at a point like i said where i can now do like group dungeons like that's where i think the game really starts to like really start going like you get an airship you get access to all this cool stuff and like the fact that people say, "Oh, it doesn't get good until this," I'm like, "How good does it get?" Because I'm having the best time. Yeah, that's kind of you where know? I'm at too. Is like, <laughs> I, I
0: kind of can't believe that. There is this kind of like prevailing uh, sentiment that the game like isn't good for a while, especially so now might be a great time to segue into the <laughs> the documentary that I watched about this game yesterday. I love this. Yeah. Uh, so no clip who make just incredible documentaries. About, oh, yeah, yeah. About just tons and tons of games. Um, They, they did a documentary series. It was a three part series about um, the initial launch of Final Fantasy 14, which is kind of like famously awful, <laughs> essentially.
1: Yeah, like worse, like even worse than Anthem, honestly, like, yes. critically. Yeah at least um
0: so there was that and then there's a second part (laughs) which was about the rebuilding of final fantasy 14 and then a part three about like the launch of a realm reborn and like what came after that like heaven's word and moving uh it was i think two years ago this came out so like it was pre-shadowbringers even um so they hadn't even mentioned that um but the kind of like truncated version of this that i think is is worth touching on is like this game came out was Pretty much critically panned. There were a bunch of like server issues. It just wasn't very fun. Um, but the overall sentiment internally at at Square Enix was like, we literally put our best people on this. Like they pulled the best people from like the Dragon Quest series and from the Final Fantasy series to all work on different aspects of this game. So like, you know, uh, one, like just the graphics team will work on just the graphics part of this whole thing. Like the, the translation team was like the best of the best from the translation team. And they just kind of like all sequestered themselves and worked on these pieces of this game that all independently were great but when you put them together like didn't make a fun thing Um, which is kind of like a really unfortunate situation They're like i don't know how you how you make this better so eventually what ended up happening was the ceo of square was like okay let's take this guy i I don't remember his name unfortunately but let's take this guy who is like a, a product lead on the Dragon Quest series, and let's pull him off of that, and let's have him like fix this game because he loved Final Fantasy XI, and was like, "Okay, I, I really want to make fourteen like what it was supposed to be." Eleven was the first uh, online Final yeah. Fantasy game.
1: That came out, like, on PS2 and somehow was online. Yes. Like I don't even know, like, what, you had to buy, like, a third-party, like... You had to buy a network adapter. Steampunk. Yeah, yeah. Steampunk contraption that you put on your head. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, uh, a friend of
0: mine had back in the day. He didn't have Final Fantasy Eleven, but he had the network adapter, and I just remember going to his house and we played... I think it was, like, like Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow online. It was, like, the most <laughs> bizarre shit.
1: Um, but anyway... Yeah, the- People loved Eleven. Like it, ha- it had a very devote following. Cause I think it was it was before WoW even came out. Like that was that was really or maybe like around the same. Yeah, it was time. around
0: the same time. Yeah, it was yeah. it was still very early. Um, but the thing was was that nobody in the Final Fantasy fourteen team was looking at contemporary mmos that existed they like didn't know what was like like what people wanted it out of it's like auto attack wasn't even a thing in final fantasy 14 when it came out even though that was like an industry standard at that point um yeah. so essentially this guy comes in and is like okay so there's kind of a three-pronged approach we need to take we need to start by fixing the interface because this does not work <laughs> at all so like imagine the overwhelming interface that we have now but worse uh and oh that's what God. it was initially um after that he was like okay we need a good battle system and then after that we talk about content so it was like kind of a three-pronged thing Thing. So the interface came out first, while Final Fantasy XIV was like still out, and then the battle system got revamped and released. They added a bunch of new classes. Like they just kept patching the game, but at a certain point, while they were making all those patches, they realized that they this wasn't just a patch job. Like they needed to like literally rebuild the whole game from scratch because like the the underlying code was so problematic. And they were like, we have to start from the beginning. Yeah. So what they were doing was they had like a kind of um, like almost like covert ops team that was rebuilding the whole game from scratch while the main game was still running so they had like a small team that was dedicated to just patching the game while a whole gigantic team was rebuilding the whole thing and they did not announce that they didn't tell people that they were rebuilding the whole thing they were just wow. like we're just gonna keep releasing these patches that people will like but every time they released a patch The moon in the sky got a little bit bigger which was awesome so they would just like release a patch and then people on the forums would be like is it just me or is like the moon like a couple pixels bigger than (laughs) it was last time and then another patch would come out like a month later and the moon would be even bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger Um, and then as it got bigger they started to just drop a bunch of enemies like really high powered enemies like out in like I don't know some big field that I haven't seen yet and I don't think you've seen yet Um, but some like end game field would just get these like larger and larger like more difficult to defeat enemies Um, and it created this like month-long unending war essentially uh where it was like all of the main character or all the all the player characters fighting these like gigantic beasts out in this field that just went on for like weeks um and then they released one final patch which turned the game off essentially. The moon got so big that it was like almost right on top of Aorzia, uh, Eor- which is like the name of the whole world. And they simultaneously released a cutscene online of the entire world getting destroyed. And then that's when A Realm Reborn came out. Oh my god.
1: So they literally gave a narrative to the game being reset. Yes. So now wow. when you're playing the
0: game, I don't know if you've noticed this, because I, I picked up on it on my first couple hours, but now when you're playing the game, a lot of characters will, will talk about a calamity that struck. Like a yes. lot of them will allude to a calamity. That's literally the erasure of the original Final Fantasy XIV and the release of A Realm Reborn. That is the calamity that they're talking about.
1: There are some, like... There are key leaders of every starting city, and I got to the point in Gridania where, like, the leader of Gridania, like, met with me, and, like, I saw a flashback of that battle. Yes. um, That's so cool. I Which, love that. It's so yeah.
0: rad that they were like, yeah. okay,
1: we're just going to release,
0: the, like, shadow release this thing and not really tell people about it until it's happening. Very, very, very cool way of doing this. Um, Kind of, like, amazing that it worked out, considering just the negative sentiment about the game like yeah but, but they were yeah. just so reliant on the people who still liked that original version that they were like as long as we appease them and keep them around we'll be okay to like do this thing in secret until it comes out and then when the new thing comes out and is good and gets reviewed well as it did they kind of knew that a bunch of other people would come in so it's kind of a brilliant way of doing it also it's worth mentioning that that year specifically for Square Enix like a bunch of the games that they had released had also tanked so they were like if a Realm Reborn comes out and also fails like this company is pretty much fucked so like it has to succeed yeah um, so they just had this like unbelievable amount of pressure to both make good on what they fucked up with with the first one and also like save, save Square Enix <laughs> yeah. as a company kind of amazing that they pulled it off and it has only gotten better every single release since then has gotten and reviewed even better up until Shadowbringers, which people are like, this is the best Final Fantasy game.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really incredible, and I think, and it's nice to see too that you know, like people are like, hey, we don't blame you if you because you can, I think, pay some amount to skip right to Shadowbringers to like get to that level and be whatever. Yeah, but a lot of people are like, it's worth seeing what came before it because like you're seeing in almost like a meta way, you're seeing the game find its voice. Like you're seeing the yes. writing pick up. You're seeing like uh, alongside the fiction of the world, it's like recognizing its past mistakes and like yeah. moving forward. It's kind of amazing.
0: I have, um, I have maybe a weird take on this. So like it, yeah, apparently from what I've read and from what people in the discord have talked about, there's going to be kind of a, a redux version of this opening that you and I are playing through right now, where they're going to essentially truncate this entire story and you're going to like level up faster and make your way through it faster which puts us at kind of a weird time to be playing this game and recommending it to people um, because it seems like there's going to be kind of a streamlined version of it coming soon at at like an unspecified date. I personally... And this might be a weird recommendation and please like take it with a grain of salt. But I personally think that right now might be the best time to play it um, before that happens because you'll never be able to play it the way you and I are playing it currently. Um, yeah. This does a thing that I've always wanted to see in a story. Uh, my My two cents on like creating a big kind of like hero's journey narrative has always been the more time you can spend in the like pre-calamitous world, the better. Like, to just endear yourself to your own character and and to the world around you, Um, the more time you can spend just, like, enjoying that, the more you're going to feel kind of entrenched in that world when everything goes to shit or when, like, the big, like, main quest actually finally kicks
1: in. I totally agree. I totally agree. Like, there's a moment, so, like, slight spoilers, but there's a moment right after you get an airship, which is, like, level 15, level 16. Yeah, very early on. 10 hours in, maybe eight. There's a cutscene that literally is Star Wars. Like, it, it just cuts to, like, <laughs> Sith Magitek land. And it's like, oh my God. I didn't even realize there were stakes. Yes. And suddenly I cared. And suddenly I'm like, the vision of, like, Johnny Anime and Zoe Bahamut fighting evil for a world that we actually care about and spent put time in yeah. doing mundane bullshit yes actually pays off. Like that's amazing.
0: Right. And that's um, that's why I think it's it might be the best time to play this game right now because you still yeah. have all that menial shit. Even talking about the first time you got on airship, as you mentioned, going away from Gridania and everybody waving at you like what did you do for those people that like endeared you to them so much? Like you just went and collected like shit from a chocobo and handed it in a bag <laughs> to somebody else for like 10 I mean, hours. I, I
1: did fight an invading Ixel Force Brendan but yes I did a lot of ladybug collecting as well
0: yeah like you did almost nothing you know for those people but at the same time like wow you you know what I mean
1: Johnny anime no I totally
0: know you mean yeah yeah, I'm doing the same thing um (laughs) johnny anime is not above chocobo shit in a bag
1: i literally built like a harpoon for the lancer's guild oh cool we were just going to use like an actual fishing instrument but this is great thanks (laughs) bye i I know exactly what you mean i know exactly what you mean
0: just the fact that you could be so wrapped up in a town that quickly having done stuff that really doesn't have much by way of stakes i think is really telling in terms of like How much they're able to pull you into that world before there's even anything worth really caring about. Yeah. Um, So the fact that. Not only do you feel that much about Gridania, your your starting city before you've seen any more of the world, but knowing that that'll lead to something like Shadowbringers eventually, I think is like just a really, really compelling narrative. It's almost like, what if you got to read The Hobbit, but Bilbo spent like the entire, what if The Hobbit was actually three movies or three books like the movies ended up being, but the first movie was just entirely him in the Shire hanging out? You know, yeah, that's yeah. what the opening of Ingridania feels like for the most part. It's like the end of it is when he gets the ring. And the yeah. end of it is when he decides he's going to go on this like big adventure. Um, yeah. That's kind of really exciting to me. To be able to experience a narrative that is that slow going, I think is like really cool and really kind of unheard of in in a lot of instances. Because even World of Warcraft or like Guild Wars 2 and Guild Wars 1, which are both other MMOs that I've tried or Star Trek. I've tried a lot of MMOs just like just to talk about this again. I have tried a lot of MMOs to find the one that I would like. I play a lot of Wildstar, Star Trek Online, the Star Wars one. I don't even remember what that's called anymore. Oh,
1: The Old Republic. The The Old Republic. Republic. Like I've tried
0: a lot of these games and they all start off with like you create this character character you're the chosen one and there's some like big uh horrific shit that's gonna happen at any moment this is the first one that like actually feels like it's ramping up to a story instead of trying to dump a bunch of lore on you immediately uh which i really 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 appreciate and it'll only make that other stuff later in the game hit like 18 times as hard because of it
1: i i agree i mean like even just the fact that like whenever there's a cutscene with voice acting i'm like oh this is a bigger deal than like yes you know because And again, it kind of, even though the writing is like, you know, a little, a little hokey in the beginning, like the, the fact that you just show up, the town reacts to you, like you just showed up, like, okay, like we talked about this a lot. It's like, okay, cool. There's some work to do, like sign up and, you know, register with, like register with the census to like prove that you're a citizen and like help out whoever needs helping, you know? And like, it isn't until like you've really proven yourself that people start to look at you differently and start to be like, oh wow, like you're, you actually might really change things around here. and like,
0: The first it's, time you go and speak to I an think, NPC and they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard about you before is such a yeah. huge shift in the way every other NPC has talked to you for the first like three or four hours of the game that it's yeah. like almost shocking. It's like, oh, my God, you called me by my first name. They were like, walked up and they were like, oh, hey, Johnny, I've heard about you before.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we you and I off the show talked about how like every guild has its own quest lines. So like yes. depending on and it's also worth noting your class. Uh, determines your starting area. So I think Gradania is archers, lancers, and a few other things. Conjurers. So in the arch i've done the archers guild and then there are also like jobs you can have which so i i've been very vocal about how much i love the carpenter's guild um (laughs) but i love that story because it's just like a bunch of like kind of stage crew people like building shit and loving that but also being like the leader is like you know kind of this like almost warhol kind of persona where he's like looking at the wood and he's like oh yes the maple speaks to me it's very funny that's awesome Um, that's great but he's also like, what we're making, you know, he's like, most soldiers now use metal shields, but, like, a wooden shield can also save a life, like, if need be. Like, you have to really mm. register that, like, what we're doing can, like, really help people. And that's what I think what it's rooted in is, like, you, you even though, like, yes, mechanically, uh, this is very traditional MMO <laughs> stuff that, like, for people who play a lot of MMOs, you might roll your eyes at. But, like, in the writing, there's a meta text there of, like, the world is recognizing that you are actually helping people in the same way like death stranding is um yes. and that's that really pays off I think I'll wait and see about the streamlined version I do think that there is some room to streamline it and I think also if there are you know people who are making new characters to not do the same beats over and over again but like yeah absolutely I agree. if you if you're already in the
0: end game of this and you want to start a new character like it would suck to have to do all of this again
1: yeah it would be cool to have the option but like i I get why they're doing it but I think yeah if you're if you're interested in the ideas we're putting down I think check it out now before before they truncate it forever um, yeah. and it's Valentine's day you know it only happens once a year. yeah
0: baby um, will you be there's... my
1: Valentine?
0: there's also just like so much that we didn't even get to touch on just in terms of like how good the battle system can feel and oh it's great the fact that you change you can change classes and you can level up any class like it's not like oh you choose a class in the beginning and then you're stuck doing that all you literally have to do if you are like I started off as a lancer say I wanted to go become a conjurer all I literally have to do is walk into the conjurers guild go talk to somebody at a front desk and they'll just hand me a thing that if I make that the weapon that's in my main hand then I'm in that guild like that's literally all you have to do to switch classes is just change whatever you're
1: holding and you can save gear sets towards whatever class so I have like a Mm -hmm. whole outfit that's just for carpentry yeah and like I it, it kind of it's almost an oxymoron because like or a contradiction because we've talked about how hard it is the parse of the menus but there's so much quality of life stuff here that yeah. like with just a different presentation it would be like easily one of the best like interfaces out there um, but <laughs> yeah. it's like it's so it's so busy that it's hard to appreciate
0: yeah um, but again once, once but you, it all locks in it's like this is actually great and I don't I don't know how you yeah. would do it any better
1: the battle system's fun and, and once you get a little bit more like every class plays very differently every class has its own story and like I'm an archer so you know I I, I keep enemies at bay I just got to move where I can like leap back and shoot an arrow so like I can kind of keep a distance without walking so if I walk too far it disengages so I, I I have a friend who plays a lot of this game who says that eventually it starts to feel like a fighting game where like you're really reacting to the enemy's movements and yes. I think that's the thing they like talked a about a lot in the character. documentary
0: was like event, yeah. at a certain point I think I don't know what level you have to hit but at a certain point if you hit a certain level with a class like the entire battle system kind of changes almost on a dime yeah. and then becomes very active and less kind of like MMO, just hitting things and waiting for cooldowns.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like in the truth be told, in the beginning, you're just seeing a lot of lights flash and like bugs exploding. Like you're not right. really putting too much thought into it, which is fine. I find that very relaxing, but like I'm even now seeing the beginnings of like, Oh, there's more to do. And there are some like really helpful tutorials that teach you like how to play your role in combat. You know, there's obviously tank healer and DPS. Right. Um, I'm really interested in where Archer is going because every class eventually becomes a different one. And sometimes you have a choice. Archers become bards. And bards are actually a support class. So I start off as ranged DPS and then I become support. So I'm curious what that looks like. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, Lancers, I think, become Dragoons, which is like a very classic-ass Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see Johnny Anime as a Dragoon. Put that on my tombstone. It's gonna That's be like perfect. my dream. It's going to be perfect. We've taken some screenshots. It might even be the episode art. We'll see. But they're a great duo. I love them so much. Yeah, I'm really, I'm so happy you're enjoying this game as much as I am and I'm glad I'm still in because you know we have a lot of stuff to play for the show and sometimes it's hard not to be like inherently a little flippant with what we're giving our time to because we're both extremely busy and and want to give things our attention properly so like yeah I'm I'm glad between this and a few other games I'm playing recently I feel like I always think it's a positive sign when I'm thinking about a game like during the day and like I'm so actually excited to go back to this it's not an obligation it's not anything i can't wait to log back in
0: yeah i'm almost Um,
1: upset that we have to do other things
0: like (laughs) i I know that that's funny and like i i'm actually kind of like bummed out that like you and i because we make this podcast like have to go and play other video games to talk about our name
1: works we can just make this an ff14 show we literally could yeah yeah but yeah, it's, it's really fun. I mean, we've also seen in our discord, uh, a lot of people have, which is really cool. I'm glad we sparked an interest. A lot of people are either returning to or starting their characters and they're sharing screenshots. It's really, really fun. There's also a lot of people in the discord that like really know this game. So like if you're in the discord, or you're interested in joining, like the final fantasy channel is a really good place to ask questions, not to like delegate that responsibility to anyone there but there seem there's seemingly very helpful people in that channel if you have any like Questions about how the game works.
0: Yeah, I, I think we should figure out if there's some kind of like guild system or something that we can create. Um, yeah, so we can make an actual like guild or something. I don't I don't that'd know that works so in cool. this game yet, but um, there I just know that there are a lot of people downloading it after last week because you yeah. were very convincing. Uh, <laughs> so if you're uh, if you're joining the game, I guess we'll we'll figure something out. Maybe uh, if you're in the Discord and you know how to do that already, just let us know.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, at the very least, if you're if you're interested in joining a a w- would be guild uh, and you have have the ability to join the Aether data center. I think the rest will will be able to work out. Yeah but uh you're you're in like a midsummer world which is very funny because i just learned something called the harvest dance which is like a very big midsummer vibe I yeah think.
0: yeah my crag armstrong is in uh what is it i think it's called midgar Sormer, midgar summer yeah. or something like that uh, yeah which i just keep pronouncing as midsummer midsummer uh, but, and but then and
1: johnny anime is in Genova. yeah and i'm in gilgamesh apparently is like real popular because no it's one the else hardest one it. to get into it's so funny <laughs> that you just ended up there
0: i i keep trying to i kept trying to get in there and it
1: just doesn't work Um, yeah uh, if you go to the aetherite plaza in any of the starting towns you can you can teleport right to a different world in the same data center so but you
0: can't have the free version if you want to do that
1: you can't have the free version you also can't get married or buy a house in someone else's world oh i thought it was valentine's day you mean i can't
0: buy a house (laughs) um i am i'm definitely gonna get the the full game i'm not sure i might get the like starter edition um i think it's like 20 bucks or something because the the complete edition is just the price of Shadowbringers plus the starter edition so it's not like you're really getting anything uh i don't know what i too much
1: it was on sale and i bought whatever was on sale. i think i have the whole thing based on like
0: did you get it during the Game Awards sale? Because it was all yeah. half off during the Game Awards.
1: Yeah, that's when I got it. I think I got the full. Because I have all like I have all the races and everything. Yeah. And- that's cool. I haven't run into run into any bumps yet, but I do have to start my subscription in like a week, so I have to debate that. But I think I, I think I'll probably do it. It's it is a little steep. It's twelve dollars a month. I hope they lower that. Like that's like a little yeah. But you know, I like the game a lot, and I'll probably play less of other games. So I think I, I think
0: I probably will too. Honestly, yeah.
1: yeah so. Final Fantasy 14. Anything else to to muse about it? Not yet. Um I mean there's just you so much I, I like about
0: it, but uh I also want to see more cuz again I'm still in the starting area.
1: That's the thing. Like I think we'll probably have a lot more to say. I mean even on the road to Shadowbringers, like there's probably a lot to highlight. Uh yeah. and then like can I I feel like the show will end once we get to Shadowbringers. Like what what else is there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Kidding. It's not going to end.
0: It's just wild uh, that like my kind of shadow New Year's resolution this year was I just want to beat Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. But now the thing that might be standing in the way of me doing that is Final
1: Fantasy XIV. <laughs> <laughs> because they occupy the same space
0: in my head in terms of like right. why I play those games.
1: Yeah, I think you can do it. I believe in you. I think you can do both. I believe in Johnny
0: Anime. I also believe in Johnny Anime.
1: The shot you took of his lance like piercing the sun <laughs> is actually like oddly foreshadowing too for Shadowbringers. Yes. Um great. That should be what when you load the game, you know, it plays like operatic music and it has that like painting of the guy with the sword. It should be Johnny Anime on the cover, <laughs> You know? And only Bahamut. The two of them. Yeah. Craig and, Armstrong and like of kind of Krag semi-translucent. Armstrong. Yeah, like he's yeah. like an Obi-Wan figure. I'm glad like. you <laughs> and I both decided that Crag Armstrong was a ghost. <laughs> to the abyss with Crag. <laughs> Craig is Pleasure like to both have this. in class, but to the abyss with you. <laughs> you can't punch things nearly well enough. To the abyss. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. I think we'll also probably try to stream this sometime soon. Yeah. Uh I think so it's inevitable. Ex- expect more content TM. Yeah. Um Sick. should we uh should we sign off? Yeah, I think so. Uh this is a fun episode. Um I'm really I'm so because I truth be told, when I when I gave my FF14 spiel last week. I was like, I hope people like this as much as I do because I can recognize how off-putting it can be right away. Yeah. You know? And I'm glad that, like, so far, everyone seems to be enjoying it. And, like, totally fine if you don't. It's not for everyone. But, like, I'm glad everyone who <laughs> who who follows my recommendations is enjoying it. Uh, and I'm glad that there's also a free version that, like, isn't too limited so you can check it out before you commit, like, the whole, yeah. the whole thing. But, yeah, let's sign off.
0: Cool. Well, as always, thanks to everybody who listens to the podcast. Um, if you want uh let me start that whole bit over.
1: <laughs> to the abyss! To the Hi, abyss it's it's just me, Steven, uh Brendan's in the abyss. Uh if you like the show <laughs> Oh I fucked up too, now I'm going to the abyss. And I'm Valentino's Day of all days. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode is just for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's good, but I'm having the time of my life. I'm having a great time. <laughs> uh, thanks to everybody who listens to the podcast. If
0: uh, if you want to help it grow, the best way you could do that is by just sharing it with a friend that you think would also like it. Uh, I, I see a lot of people tweeting and just like tagging us in tweets that are like, "Hey, check this show out," which uh, really means a lot. So thanks to everybody who's done that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you uh, if you want to follow the show, we have a Twitter account at Into the Cast. We have a Discord that you can join by going to bit.ly/slash TWG Discord. It's very, very active. We're like over, I think we're like close to 300 people in there at this point, which yeah. is like absolutely wild. Very cool. What else is going on? Oh, yeah, we have a Twitch account that's at Into the Cast. Uh, we will probably end up at some point streaming Final Fantasy 14, if not other things. But also, if you really want to help the show, like the overall, I guess, way of doing that is by going to patreon.com slash into the cast. We have a Patreon uh, that you can join. Uh, it is a pay-what-you-want model, so like literally whatever you're feeling um, is cool. Uh, so just want to give a shout-out to everybody who's done that so far. Uh, Akira, Alex, Andrew D., the other Andrew D., Ariel, Bede, Benjamin D., Benjamin W., Bolt, Brendan, Brett, Catherine, Christopher, David... Dennis, Elliot, Hilton, Inez, Jason, Jeff, Josh, Cameron, uh, Connor, Kieran, Kim, Kyle, Mark, Marcel, Melly, Muffin Pie, Micah, Min, Murray, Naomi, No Name, Pablo, Philip, Robert, Salute, Scout, Shelley, Skin Tight Alloy, Spencer, Trevor, and William. <laughs> um, thank you to everybody who backs the show. Uh, it really means a lot. Honestly, it's it's so cool that uh, so many people are supporting the show. Kind of kind of earth shattering in a way. Um, but yeah, Yeah, that's, um, that's kind of everything we got. Thank you so much to AJ Filari, our producer, uh, hire him to produce your podcast. Why not? He's good at his job. Uh,
1: AJ, oddly enough, stands for anime Johnny. No, uh, please, please, please. Johnny anime was my father. Call me skin tight. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I said what I was thinking. It's out there. It's in the abyss to the abyss yeah I second what Brendan said we mean we we, god I'm in the abyss I can't talk it really means a lot all the support we get and uh also reviewing on Apple Podcasts is a great way to help as well uh out of five stars whatever you want to give us on this very special Valentine's Day (laughs) (laughs) um which will be over by the time this episode comes out I think unfortunately well the best thing about Valentine's Day is that it's fleeting beauty you know absolutely it reminds you of things yeah yeah uh cool but thank you so much sincerely and uh with that uh i'm Stephen hilger you can find me at Stephen hilger my name is brendan bigley you can find me on the internet at Brenda bigley have a wonderful day have a wonderful valentine's day in the abyss yeah Full circle
0: enjoy the abyss everyone enjoy the abyss goodbye goodbye i think enjoy the abyss is close enough to see you in hell
1: <laughs> that's 2020 rebrand i love it <laughs> thank you goodbye bye
0: Garbage online.